One billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. I'm Zan, and I'm your GM. Thank you for listening today. As always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. This time, the three travelers continue north, picking back up as they are being chased by a charging herd of avatrols. Roars are replicated, images are distorted, and brains are scrambled. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallren, and Jory try to outrun a stampede. As you start heading back, in between these wails and whistles, you also hear growling and yipping that you are familiar with. You hear broken hounds. Ooh. And as you kind of skid into the clearing that you made camp in and, like, jump off your knee and scoop up your scent. You get it back onto your pack. Out of the grasses that kind of surround the area you're in, charge a pack of six broken hounds followed closely by four avatrols who are chasing them down. And they are about to run into you. Ooh. Oh, that's bad. You are on your anine. You don't have to make any sort of speed check, but I am going to have you make just a straight animal handling riding check. Okay. Would any perception navigation sensing danger apply? I'm going to say no in this sense because you already know where the danger is. What kind of role? This will be intellect. Okay. Difficulty? Because it is the avatrols, which are a level four, but the broken house are level two, I'm going to call it a level three. Okay. I'm going to spend effort to have an edge. So that's technically that. Kaboom. Success, 17. Wonderful. You kick your anine into high gear and are able to keep control of it as you're just like barreling down trying to get away from these. Nehemiah, Smallrin, you kind of turn your head as like Jory kind of circled back and is now charging back at you and behind her you hear the same wails and now growls and yips and you see these avatrols just charging towards you with broken hounds in the front of them. It's clear that you are in the midst of essentially a hunting scenario. <sighs> they aren't after you, but you might get caught up in the middle of everything. Well, this time, uh, the Anine and I have... Ex Deo and I have exactly the same goal in mind, which is get the heck away from those guys. So, full steam ahead, away from that mess. Yes. So what I am going to have you guys do is I am going to have everyone roll me initiative just for a sense of where you go within the order. All right, 19 for Nehemiah. Nice. Four for Small Red. Ten okay. for Jory. All right. So it's going to go Nehemiah, Avatrols, Jory, Broken Hounds, Small Red. What I'm going to ask you to do every round is to make me a check. I'm going to ask that you don't use the same thing twice. So kind of skill challenge-esque, if you're familiar yeah, yeah. with that. But the actions of the creatures around you will also start to affect what you're doing, depending on what you are trying to do. So if you are trying to do something to with your anine, the level of the role will be based on that. If it ends up that any of the creatures end up closer to you, interacting with you, the level will be based on that creature. So, starting off, Nehemiah, 
you and Dale, like you said, have the same goal in mind, get the heck away from these creatures and you are just going full steam ahead. What do you roll to try and make this happen faster or to keep control or keep your cool? Definitely going to be perception because it is nighttime. Um, I'm guessing it is like a clear night and the moon's in the sky. So, you know, we, we've got some light to go by, but some light isn't daylight. Correct. So just keeping an eye out on what's going ahead of us. Absolutely. Go ahead and make that a level four. Okay, I will um, spend some effort there. Bring that down to a three. And and roll. That's a success. Oh, that's a failure. Ooh. With a two again. Ooh. So uh, as an effort to stay on and not get bucked off or something like that, uh, I would like to use my special ability, Impressive Display. Sure. So I will spend two might to kind of correct for, you know, whatever is about to happen there. Absolutely. You are able to keep control of Deo. You're able to stay on the Anine and stay on the course, but your Anine's just not moving as fast as it right. could be. It's a little freaked out. It's kind of confused about things. Uh, so one of the broken hounds kind of gets up close and gets underneath mm-hmm. your mount's feet a little bit, kind of like darting in and out like, you know, cats when they're, yeah. they're hungry and they get really annoying. It's, it's tripping so. you up a bit. What what I what I'll end up doing for that impressive display, I as we we're going through, I grab my uh, my sword spear and I just do one really quick jab down. I don't do any damage, but I maybe scare it away a bit. All right, I will absolutely have that work there. We just kind of like push it away, spook it enough mm-hmm. to stay away from your mount any longer. Come on, keep going, keep going. Good. The Avatrols continue to pursue the Broken Hounds, but now they're also seeing you all. And Broken Hounds are easier prey, but you all and your Neen are bigger prey. One of them is close enough to Jory's Neen that it, as it's running, it kind of reaches out and it has these long claws on its two forelimbs and it slashes out at the back leg of Box Ladder. No. And... Don't you dare. No, 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 not you. Animals. (laughs) Your Anine takes... Because they're running, it's not going to do as much as it normally would. Your Anine takes three damage. For the record, Anine have nine health. Okay. So there's one Avatrol that's relatively close to you now. It is your turn, Jordan. Oh. How do you what how do you react? What do you want to do? How are you staying on course? Could I use navigation as far as the terrain is concerned to find the easiest paths to guide box ladder through basically yeah, uh, sure. keeping trying to keep the high ground, trying to keep the smoothness, trying to go between things so that they can't follow that sort of thing. Absolutely. Perfect. What would you like? I will again make this a level four. In what? If you are using navigation, that'll be intellect. And spending again. Because I'm scared. Fail. All right. You fail to figure out the exact path and box ladder having been nipped at at their back leg trips over a rock that you were unable to get them around and kind of like skids to a stop is able to get back Mm -hmm. up but there's a good chance that you are going to get charged and hit by an avatrol come next round Uh, okay it is the Broken Hound's turn. At this point, they are still just running. One of them actually turns to one of the hounds that's, like, next to it and, like, bites at its packmate's leg, trying to injure it to get it to, like, leave it behind. The very... The, the concept of you don't have to outrun a bear, you just have to outrun the slowest person running from the bear and tr- is trying to, like, injure one of its packmates to get the Avatrols to be distracted. It doesn't do that successfully, but that's what it tries to do, and that is, besides running, the only thing that you see the Broken Hounds doing at this point. Smallrin. 
what is kind of our arrangement in this cavalcade currently? Right now, you have Jory, who's pretty far behind, not like super far behind. I will say a a short distance behind and within 50 feet. And having just like tripped and gotten back up with Avatrols and Broken Hounds right up behind her. I, it doesn't I will, it doesn't matter to me where you and Nehemiah want to be, but you are ahead of Jory, and the only you do not have Avatrols near you, just Broken Hounds. Okay. Question for you, GM. Yeah. I have a visual displacement device. Yeah. Is it only applicable to me or is it everything that I am currently in contact with? Oh, let me take a look at it. Let's see. For this, I am I will allow it to apply to your mount because I think that's more interesting. All right, awesome. So yeah, Smallrin kind of looks back, realizes that Jory has fallen behind and that Nehemiah is having difficulties and just generally like this is not going particularly well. Um so she is going to activate this little slap bracelet, I think is what we kind of decided it was. Um, all of a sudden there are... The way the way that I'm reading it, or the way it's just kind of in my head, yeah. uh, it's, it projects holographic images of the wearer to confuse attackers. I'm just, I'm picturing like three. Sure. Just kind of like around her. She is going to then... Um, basically like pull her like pull her anine up turn it and uh try to convince it to charge back towards the oncoming other things now looking like a pack of four okay i'm gonna have you roll an animal menagerie whisper menagerie whisperer check sure because you are trying to convince a an herbivore and and herd animal to run towards its predator. Yep. This is normally going to, this would normally be a level three. I'm going to make this a level five because you are charging towards the Avatrol. That's totally cool. So yeah, so I'm trained. I am going to spend for a point of effort. And I, we've been treating Menagerie Whisperer as intellect. Is that still applying? Yes. Okay, cool. Ooh, come on. Mama needs a new pair of shoes. Please. Success with a 16. All right. You are able to turn your anine around and somehow convince it to charge the pack of broken hounds and the herd of Avatrol. We've built a level of trust. You have. Smallrin, Smallrin also starts just like making the most outrageous like growling screaming shouting just noise as much as she can she's like clashing her dagger against her forearm blade she's yelling just trying to make as much noise as possible as if this is a herd running towards them absolutely it is loud and confusing and i will say that at this moment for the next round because how long does this does the visual displacement device last? Ten minutes. Oh, awesome. So for the rest of the combat, any tasks that are directly involved with the Avatrol will be eased a step. Will be eased a level. Because they are confused. (laughs) They are confuzzled. Everyone always runs away. Why run toward? If Anine no food, why not run away? If bear so round, why not friend? (laughs) (laughs) If bear so floof, why not pet? And you go charging towards the rest of everybody else. So Jory, you see Smallrin turn around. There are suddenly four Smallrin uh, on an Anine charging towards you and everything that's chasing you. Any other day I'd be really afraid, but I'm actually just grateful right now. <laughs> All right. Nehemiah, it's, it's back to you. 
All right, I will uh, yell over my shoulder. Hey, you you know what you're doing? And just kind of keep going forward. This time I will use balance as mine okay. as I'm trying to like re realign myself. Sure, sure. I, that will be speed. Uh, difficulty? With your Neen, level three. Okay. Success with the 14. Beautiful. You are able to keep your your balance on there. You're not falling off at all. And as of right now, the Broken Hounds are staying away from you. Cool, cool. It is the Avatrol's turn. They are close enough to Jory that they are going to charge and hit you on your knees. So I am going to have you make me a... <laughs> as they're charging, uh, a speed defense level five, but because they are a little bit confused and smaller and eased that, it will be a level four. Okay. Speed defense level four against the charging Avatrol. Okay. Fail. Ooh. That is only a six. All right. So the Avatrol couldn't. Go ahead. Is there anything near me? Some rocks. Could I phase to the other side of them so that they smack into them instead? Ooh. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That would involve you leaving your anine behind because the anine cannot phase. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> box ladder. I'm really attached no. to box ladder. Really attached. This is why you don't name things. You named yours, I think. <laughs> Small renumbered hers. That's different. So the Anine comes charging in behind you. You think, oh, I could phase out, but you don't want to leave your Anine behind. And the Anine smashes into you and kind of has this, it's this almost charging pounce where rather than like ramming into you with its head it kind of like propels itself upwards and grabs onto the back of box ladder with its two front limbs and like scratches uh, down the back of it grabbing you kind of in the process as well um, box ladder in and you are both going to take four points of okay. damage and remember if you have armor that can apply which I always forget, so I appreciate that reminder. Mm-hmm. The Anine, however, do not have any armor. Note to self. If at any point I have Anine number two, get it armor. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that if Smallrin had like a memo keeper, like a little like recording device, that's the yeah. kind of stuff that she would keep on it. Exactly. So that is the Avatrol. Jory, it's your turn. Am I still on? Yes. Okay, that's good to know. I will see what Smallrin is doing and try to join in that, if it's possible. So try to turn around and charge against I, the Avatrol? I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking if we can add to the noise and the fear factor of it all, maybe we can drive them away. I know I rolled a good history check. On these animals, um, do I know what the natural predator would be? A predator of them? Yes. Oh, gosh. If not, that's fine. Or theoretically, something that's bigger. You know of something called a Ferno Walker. Okay. This is a massive six-limbed mammal. Six-limbed mammal that has a pair of hands, and it moves kind of slowly, but it has this just awful maw of teeth that just it'll tear through anything in addition to like spewing chemical caustic vomit on everything that it's trying to to get a hold of. In addition, it's pretty big. It is it is bordering on like eight to ten feet tall. Okay. So I had a thought 
of what I could do and then realized that if I do modify the whistle that I have to create the call that that thing would make, it might also scare our mounts. So I'm maybe not going to do that. <laughs> it's up to you. Uh, yeah, I'm going to... You can take the risk. It's okay. I know, but it's not, it's not so great. Um... To be fair, you're already having trouble keeping hold of your mouths. I know, I am. Okay, um, screw it, why not? Right tool for the job. All right. One in leg point, kaboom. To make a, essentially, a Ferno Walker call whistle. Yes. Um, and the point being to, if Smallbrand is trying to frighten them, which is what uh, Jory thinks from a distance, to continue to follow that idea of joining the the you know the chase uh with that call as well to make it even more frightening yeah i'm gonna have you roll again kind of like an animal handling kind of deal uh it is going to be a level five to try and get your need to go back towards the thing that's attacking it okay gosh i'm not sure i have anything that could even help with that is this speed or intellect? I'm sorry. Intellect. Navigation, maybe? Same thing to see the best path to get to... In this case, this is more of a convincing thing. Okay. This is this is more of a, your mount is really freaked out. Oh, Ooh. hey. Oh, boy. Okay, minor effect. 19. 19. All right. You somehow convince Box Ladder to do a 180 and start charging the thing that just attacked it and as you kind of make that turn and kind of skid to a stop you grab a couple of things from your your pack and kind of like put them together and you put like almost like a somewhere between like a retainer and like a scuba breathing apparatus, like something between the two of those, you put it into your mouth and blow and out from your mouth comes this bellowing roar and you create this fernal walker call and all the avatrols are like really off put by this we'll see what happens with that on their turn okay all right (laughs) the broken hounds scatter at that at that sound they just book it everywhere they're not like running in a straight line anymore they just go everywhere. Forget staying in a pack or a group. They are done with the shenanigans happening here right now. And they are gone and no longer in the initiative. Smallrin. Alright. Hey, buddy. Sup. How close am I to these these Short distance, so within 50 feet. Is that, refresh me, is that reachable in one round? Or, okay. Immediate distance is melee range. Short distance is how long you can travel in a round. Long distance is anywhere that it will take you two rounds or more to get to, usually 100 feet plus. Gotcha. Okay. If I'm attacking with one of my weapons, am I able to use a skill to affect that roll at all? Yeah, I can allow that, yeah. Okay, so I would like to ride towards whichever of these, these guys is closest to me. Um, I have my my forearm blade and my dagger out. I'm going to use my dagger just because I think it makes the most sense. It gives me a little bit of reach at the end of my arm. And I would like to um, use the, uh, the Ogryn orb. It gives me training and perception tasks. I want to determine uh, where I could hit this thing that would quickly take it down. Like, is there a place I could get it that would hamstring it, essentially? I'll have you make a perception roll on this. Okay. So you'll be trained in it. That will be a level four. So with the okay. training level three. To see if you can find a place and, for that. And I am going to spend the intellect effort. Or yep. the, yeah, spend for the intellect effort. Yes, that is a success with an eight. The frilled ridge on the back of this creature is... While tough, kind of susceptible to attacks and will probably ward it off pretty quickly if you're able to hit it there. All right. I would like to try to hit it there with my dagger. 
yeah, so go ahead and make me a speed roll. It will be normally a level four, but I will, with that perception task, allow it to be a level three. And since I haven't used speed at all this session yet, I am going to spend the three points for effort. So much effort. We're putting so much effort into <laughs> this travel montage, and I love it. Yes, that's a success with a six. Wonderful. The Avatrol has two armor, but because I told you where to hit it, it will circumvent that and will do two damage to it, and it kind of just, like, screeches. That's in very sharp dissonance with the whales coming from the wind moving through its... the hole in its skull. Top of the round. Nehemiah. Alright. I look back, and I see... In order, I've got Jory pretty close to me, and I've got uh, and I've got Small Ren like in the thick of it behind me, right? Yep. All right, Small Ren, are you planning on getting back up here? Working on it. All right, because there's not a whole lot I can do for her back there. Because the one thing I do have, I have a cipher that would be very useful, but I, if I throw it back there. It's gonna hit her, and it's gonna be bad. So, I guess I will just keep moving forward. Would you like to hold on to that until she gets out of the way? Yeah, because I, I, because let me just tell you what I've got, because I've got, and this will, this will end things, I think, pretty succinctly for us. I've got a mental scrambler. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So as long, it. it takes two rounds, so I'm going to spend my time effectively holding an action to look over my shoulder, and as soon as I see uh, Small Wren, like, getting untangled from that mess back there, I'm gonna pop it, chuck it, and we're gonna go. Okay. So I'm gonna take us out of initiative real fast here, because that will effectively end things. So, I'm gonna give everyone, like, one last thing. You, You get the idea that Nehemiah has something to finish this off, and is telling you to get out of the way and fast. What do you do to do that? How to get out of the way. Yeah. I mean, you can just say, like, you just turn and bolt. Uh, yeah, that's, like, that's, that's, that's basically all I had, other than using, like, navigation again. And just the same sort of things to, like, just try to see. Yeah. Uh, 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 hop over here. I'm going to have you make me a speed... Okay. Not defense roll, but a, a speed check. Okay. It's going to be a level four. Okay. Can I use navigation perception, any of that... Plotted out. If not, that's fine. It's not really more pathfinding. Perception, yes. Okay. 19 again. Oh boy. All right. So, for that minor effect, unless you have something, what I will have this be is that you catch up with Nehemiah. Okay. Normally, you wouldn't have been able to. You would have been out of the way. But in this case, you catch up with Nehemiah and you are right there with him, continuing Perfect. on. Small run. So, same thing. It'll be a speed based level four. Cool. Could I also use perception just to be catching on to what Nehemiah is laying down? All right. Level four. Um, Why not? We'll continue the trend. Point of effort. Success with an 11. All right. You guys are both able to, again, Turn your knee 180 and charge back up with Nehemiah out of the way of the Avatrols. And Small Wren is still surrounded by four or three other Small Wren. So four Small Wren on four number ones come galloping up. All right, Nehemiah, you see your friends around you and you have your mental scrambler in hand, ready to go. Yep, I take a look over my shoulder. I feel like it, it, it looks like a cube that, like, where one side is kind of ergonomically designed to fit into, like, a, a, a semi-closed fist. And I uh, just slam the top and chuck it back over my shoulder. It's like just... Actually, no. I drop it down because it's, it's got... A, it has a, a cook time on it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, go, 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 go! Slam the button, drop it. Everyone's continuing to charge forward. And you hear the wails and the whistles behind you. And then you hear this kind of like crackling electricity sound as this 
strange field erupts from the box behind you. You don't see anything, but you hear it. And you hear kind of like the howls. Did you guys ever use those tubes that were kind of like... You like spin it around on a string. You spin it around. Oh, yeah. And it wails. And as you slow it down, it's... Like just kind of like fades down and gets lower and kind of like peters out. That's what happens is as they stop charging, the, the wailing, whistling, howling starts to kind of just fade and fizzle and you hear these kind of just groans and grunts of confusion as their mental processes are completely scrambled. They are wobbling around and moving clumsily and very haphazardly and you are able to easily escape from the rest of that herd. I assume you keep running for a while. Yeah, we probably get. I I don't think we're going to be able to get the Anines to stop for a bit. (laughs) Yeah. You push them or let them, depending, pretty hard until at least evening. By that point, though, they are exhausted and you are exhausted from riding that hard and you stop to break camp a little bit early. What do you do to settle down from the excitement you just had? I am going to see to my and uh, Box Ladder's wounds because they're not in great shape. For sure. For you, that's just a matter of making a recovery roll or a number of recovery rolls if you'd like. You guys are staying here for the night, so... If you need to make more than one, you can. It will be. Mm-hmm. Y'all right over there, Jory? Yeah. I'm good. All right. Uh, what about, um, what do I do about box ladder? Let me, let me take a look, actually. Okay. Um, I'm trained in medicine. Perfect. Or healing, specifically, so. Yep. yep. Can I kind of try and get him... Get boxy uh, bandaged up. And would I be able to add an asset to his role by using Menagerie Whisperer to keep Box Ladder calm? Yeah, I will add that as an asset on for Nehemiah's role. I will, again, because it's the Anine, it is going to be a level three. Okay. With the asset, a level two. Okay. Success with a 13. Huh. How much damage had Box Ladder sustained? Um, he is currently at two out of nine. Poor okay. baby. I will say that this is not something that you can heal all in one go. Nehemiah, you're easily able to get it patched up. A little bit of stitching up, a little bit of bandaging up. So there's not any open wounds or anything like Pain that. Pain reduction. Yeah. I will say that in this moment, you are able to heal Box Ladder for three. Okay. But it is going to be a constant, like every every day, making sure that bandages are clean, making sure that wounds are tended to, keeping things from getting infected, and healing properly to make sure that that damage gets healed properly over time. Eventually we'll, you know, kind of get him down for for sleep and I'll pet his weird tiny head. Um, <laughs> his weird hamster face. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then seeing that done, um, Nehemiah is going to kind of split off from camp and go for a walk to kind of patrol around just to, you know, work his own zoomies out because now there's adrenaline in his system and um, that's got to go somewhere before he can even think about sleep. Sure. Are you just walking about or are you kind of going on a jog? Uh, just like kind of looping the camp but at a bit of a wide berth unless somebody tries to like pull him back in or whatever. Sure. You don't see much else again like small rodents and reptiles but nothing 
mm-hmm. dangerous around. You don't hear anything. It's actually a pretty quiet night. The wind rustling through the grasses and the trees is calming for you uh, and is able to ground you a little bit more after that intense situation. Anything that either... Well, Jorah, you, you saw two Boxler's wounds. Small run, anything that you do? Um, small run's going to take the time to, uh, you know, kind of settle number one down for the night, make sure that, you know, that they're calm and, you know, not, it isn't just the exhaustion holding them there that they're, you know, actually settled for the night. Um, and then she is going to sit, sharpen her dagger, sharpen her forearm blade, just generally kind of recenter herself and make sure that she feels prepared if such an occasion were to arise again. You all take your time to recover in whatever way that you see fit. Night passes, you take your watches, nothing interrupts you this time. Morning breaks, make camp, break camp, and get on your way. Days four and five are, compared to what you just encountered, boring. Not uneventful, necessarily, but not nearly as adrenaline-filled as the chase through the plains. <laughs> Couple things that you notice. Nehemiah, as you are at one point out front kind of leading the way for a small period of time, just kind of looking out, you see a small dust cloud kind of in in, in the distance. Um, Looks like a group of something moving around. You get a little bit closer, not too close, but close enough to try to get a, a better look, and it looks like it's a group of humanoids doesn't look to be like humans mm-hmm. maybe ab humans or mutants sure they don't approach you they're moving somewhere but you see them I'll mark them and just kind of keep moving ahead and hoping they don't bother us Jory as you are traveling along, you're making sure that box ladder is okay and taking things a little bit slower now that the, the injuries are there. And as you're kind of constantly looking back and down at the animal that you're riding, you see something shiny in, in the ground um, as you're passing by. Do you stop to check it out? Oh, yes. Cool. You find a cipher. I do. You do? I do. Alright. If you could, please. Any die? Any die. a 12. Two. Love a 12. So, with a two you are going to take the second cipher on this card. Wow. Magnetic attack drill. Ooh. Oh, gosh. The user throws the cipher at a target within short range, and it drills into the target for one round, inflicting damage equal to the cipher's level. Um, So basically, I have a Bioshock arm. What? You do. Go ahead and roll me. Uh, what does it say for the level? It's a d6. Is it plus anything? Just one d6. Okay, so go and roll a d6 so we can see its level. Six. Level six. Um, oh, would wow. anybody like a persuasion enhancement cipher? Because I don't have another slot available, and I'd like to have the drill. I can, I'll take okay. that. Uh, I found a drill, everybody. Quite nice. I wonder how it got down there, but, you know, it probably drilled itself into the ground. Jory, I have the magnetic attack drill here being 1d6 plus 2 for level. So I'm going to go with that. It's a level 8. 
Yeah, so you, you pick it up and, and you are able to figure out pretty quickly what it does. Seems like maybe someone had been trying to use it here to drill into the ground, but you think it might have a different use. So you trade Nehemiah ciphers and you pocket yours. All right. Um, num, 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 num. <laughs> oh, dear. You find, uh, as you guys are kind of going about, it's not uncommon to find dead animals out here, things that have been killed or, or scavenged or the like. You guys find a dead, frilled ball. So if mm. you remember Sling from back in the settlement, but obviously this isn't Sling this far out, but you find a deceased creature. You know that they have a kind of hooked dewclaw on their front limbs that kind of like a platypus has a neurotoxin in it. If you'd like to try and extract it, I'll have you make a I will say intellect check level 5. Would you accept espionage that I am trained in the extraction of poisons and venoms. Oh, um, I'm not going to say the extraction, but I will say that if you fail this roll, the effect of the poison will not be as great. Okay. I will spend for a point of effort then, because this is, I want this. <laughs> Success with a 16. Okay. You are able to get the, the, you essentially end up taking the whole claw off. The whole claw. And you can like use this claw as like a dagger to inflict the poison. It will inflict five points of poison damage and transmit a paralytic poison that inflicts five points of speed damage. I, I enjoy everything about this. Yes, please. Thank you. You are a wise and benevolent voice in the sky. <laughs> so this is still, again, kind of over the course of days four and five. Day five-ish, you guys come across a... what looks to be kind of an, an abandoned camp of some sort. Nothing... doesn't look like anything bad happened here. It just looked like it was a place that was used and then not but it's kind of like tucked away there's like a small cave this isn't like a mountainous area but there are like some rocky outcroppings and little divots and canyons and stuff so there's a like kind of small almost like a cairn off to the side of where you're traveling and it's not time for you guys to break for camp yet but you decide to, to poke your head in and Nehemiah, something catches your eye in there. There's like a like a, a crate, but it's definitely well disguised. However, this is something that you are kind of keen on noticing just because you've smuggled stuff before. Yeah, this is a drop. Right. Uh, well, I pop that bad boy open right there. Absolutely. What you find, I'm also going to give you a random cipher. Ooh. Go ahead and roll a die for me. I'll roll a d12 as well. Perfect. Six. All right, you're going to take the second one on this card. Okay. Telepathy implants. For one hour, this device emits a long-range mental communication with anyone who has a matching implant. Uh, these devices are always found in groups of two or more. Go ahead and roll me a d4. All right. Three. You find three of them. Excellent. Which is pretty great. Oh, fortuitous. <laughs> Indeed. No, it's for three of us. Hey. The other thing that you find in here is a, a heavy crossbow and 12 volts. Oh. Well, I will happily add that to the pack. And I will go ahead and I will swap the pers uh, the persuasion enhancement for the telepathy. 
Yeah, for sure. Is that something that anyone else wants? Or are you just going to leave it behind here? I can take it. After I use the visual displacement device, I, especially if the frilled ball poison isn't counting as a cipher. No, it's not. I just put it there because it was the easiest place for you to be able to find it. Cool. Then, yeah, I... Yeah. Yes, thank you. I can take that okay. on. <laughs> I love that it, it's, it's been passed on twice now. Yep. Yes. It is the white elephant. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Nehemiah, Nehemiah, go ahead and roll me a d6 plus two, please. Absolutely. Four. <laughs> Four. Okay. Your cipher should be updated now. Yes, thank um, you very much. When you pick this up, Nehemiah, what does it look like? We have, it can be something that is injected, something that is worn, or something that is ingested. What do you find for this telepathy implant? I think it is uh, kind of like an elastic band with a, um, with like a really, like a, a very sticky, like contact film. And when you put it on, it, it molds in and like eventually like kind of like just fuses with your head after a couple of seconds. Nice. But uh, there is that like you have to take off the, um, the, the film wrapper where it's sticky in order to activate it. Yes. Perfect. I love that. Mm-hmm. All right. So you find this drop. You leave something behind. <laughs> no, you don't. You give it to a small run. My bad. You find the drop, you clear the drop, and you guys continue on your way. Um. At the beginning of day six, you guys have kind of gotten into your routine by now. It's been pretty decent going. You've made good time. You are not too far off course. You know the watches you take, about when you stop for lunch, about when you stop for resting at night. It's become normal on the road at this point. On day six, halfway through the morning, almost to afternoon, you all notice a decent-sized grove of trees in the distance. Kind of, again, to the... You're kind of heading... It's a little bit to the east. It's possible that some of you noticed this on your way to Legam in the first place. But it was not anywhere that any of you stopped. The grove could feasibly be considered a forest. It's somewhere around like four and a half to five miles across. So not small, but unassuming enough that it doesn't necessarily garner a ton of attention at first pass. But considering that you guys are traveling a little more northeast than straight north when you were kind of trying to get away from the Avatrols, you're a little bit closer to it than any of you might have been coming south when you originally made this journey. Your path kind of takes you right by the west side of this. And as you pass by not really thinking anything of it, from a pathway that kind of leads into the deeper part of the forest, you hear yells and cries and screams coming from deeper in. Human voices yelling for help. Okay, well. I would like to... (laughs) I would like to try and determine, so I have a skill that is uh, overcoming fear, intimidation, or panic. Uh, I would like to push down the immediate kind of gut response that someone's in trouble, we need to help, um, and see if I can determine whether these sound real or manufactured. Absolutely. I'm going to have you roll um, essentially an insight check. Um, so if you are, if you have any training in social interaction, I'll give you that. Um, mm, persuasion wouldn't. No. Espionage? I'm going to say no. (laughs) I mean, it is the, the overcoming fear, intimidation, or panic is the, is what I was going to. Oh, right. Because that is a skill. Um, yeah. Okay. That works. That works. All right. Uh, what level would you like this at? Two. 
Excellent. All right, let's see how this goes. Success with a 13. These are truly panicked and scared screams of people. Well, someone sounds like they may be in need of assistance. Nehemiah's already tying up, tying up Deo. Same. Okay. You guys find um, a couple of trees at the very edge of, like, the outside of the grove, far enough in that they're not, like, going to be, like, picked off by predators going by, but not so far in that you're, like, taking them all the way in with you. You walk into, kind of, like, follow this path, and it's getting thicker and thicker, and as you approach where you hear the screams coming from in this this clearing, what you see is a, like, a metal cage— It's a domed metal cage that is kind of like in the ground with a kind of like a row of gapped like bars and windows like just across the top, like just thin enough to maybe stick an arm through with a solid metal top on it and arms reaching through and people saying, help, please, we're over here. Can anyone hear us? Oh, thanks. I hate it. And that's where I'm going to call game. Thank you so much for listening to episode 31 of Imprinted Echoes. If you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website at imprintedechoes.com. On our website, you'll find a link to the Ghostlight Media merch store, where there is a lot of really cool stuff for both our podcast and the others in our network, as well as our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, we'd love to thank Tyler, JJ and Veronica, and Everett for their support. If you'd like to help us in other ways, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and review on whatever podcatcher will let you. Both of those go a long way in helping us out. As always, you can find our hosts on Twitter, myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And of course, be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media, at GLM Pods. Thank you once again for listening, and I hope you'll come back in two weeks to hear another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley, and is edited by Pat Mahood. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This is a ghost-like media production.